Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brisnine. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to build, to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last week, we talked a little bit about people's public and political projections and the idea that most are more than the middle than it may seem what can be a potential fallout over fear. And we asked the question of what example are we setting for the next generation and how we conduct ourselves and how we treat one another. And then today, Jared, we are going to kind of spitball with one another about initial political reactions to what's going on in the presidential race, right? And some of the conversations we've been having individually, in person, online. And it's, it's as the time of this recording is Friday, November 6th, and we are, what, three days past our presidential election here in the U.S., and there is still not a clearly announced winner. So why don't we start with you, Jared? What do you, what do you think? What, do you, what kind of conversations have you been having? Okay, so uh, I've had some, some interesting conversations, um, some kind of alarming and some not so much. It's, it's interesting, right? So some the conversations that I have now aren't as scary as the conversations I was having six months ago to mm. me personally. Right. Um, but I'm going to be like really transparent with you guys. And I hope like our, our, our podcast, our building a bridge page doesn't come off as conservative, <laughs> but I'm going to, uh, I hope we come off as, as decently in the middle, but obviously I have some conservative views, Right. And I can't lie to you guys. If I'm in the middle, I have conservative and uh, progressive views, guys, by the way. That's <laughs> what in the middle means. So, so I have some nervousness, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be trans, really transparent and tell you guys, I didn't vote for either candidate. I didn't. I decided to kind of let America decide because I had too many pros and cons on both sides. Right. I had too many, really, I had too many cons on both sides and not enough pros. If that makes any kind of sense. Um, I'll be really, really transparent and say I couldn't bring myself to vote for Donald Trump. Not because of economics, not because of my views on um, foreign relations. Right. So, um, I agree with a lot of, especially uh, Donald Trump's or the position of the Republican Party or whatever, uh, foreign policy. I agree with a lot of it. Not so much with building the wall. Don't agree with that. Right. <laughs> I agree. But like fiscally, definitely and for sure, both domestic and foreign. I More tariffs on China and all these other places to me is a good idea. Great. Um, they do it to us. So I'm all about that. Right. Um, uh but I have real issues with how he says things that create more division among people. Um, I had a, a, a good conversation with a, a, a friend of mine the other day and um, you know, his wife's a very anti-Trump and he is, I won't say he's very pro-Trump, but he votes, he vote for Trump, right? And he has on business and everything else. And he's like, and he said to me, he's like, I don't understand, um, you know, economy's been going good. I've made more money in the past four years than I ever made. You know what I mean? Or not, you know what I mean? And it's part of that's because he's a good businessman and he's going to grow year over year. And part of it was some of the policies to put in place while uh, uh, Donald Trump was, was president. And he's like, and then he said the one thing that, that I kind of disagreed with, or I disagreed with, but from my perspective was different than his, right? And he said, and I felt safer, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to be transparent. Most of my friends from where I live at now are Caucasian because I live in a part, it's only 7% African-American in Arizona. So it's a Caucasian male. Um, but most of my friends back home are black because 60%, matter of fact, all just about <laughs> with the exception <laughs> of a few, right? And so, um, but, you know, he said he felt safer, right? With Donald Trump in the presidency. And that was the only thing he said where I felt a stark contrast, mm. right? I did not feel safer, right? As a matter of fact, I could point to the fact that I was 
you know, one, I owned my first gun since I was in the military mm -hmm. and went out and got my first gun since I was in the military because I didn't feel safe, right? And as I was getting a gun, another friend of mine who was white said, well, you're more likely to get shot with a gun than you are without one. Hmm. That was their first statement. And they meant it, and they meant, and they, and they said specifically about some redneck racist asshole, right? And so I feel, I felt as though there's some tilt towards that occurring with Donald Trump in the presence of the United States, right? Uh, um, I felt like he gave, while I, I disagree 100% with the statement that if you vote for Trump, it's a vote for racism or Donald. I, I'm not even in agreement with the statement that Donald Trump is racist, right? But I am going to say that like people who hold prejudiced views and they have no incentive to learn. They had no incentive to learn something new or look at a different viewpoint with Donald Trump as the president of the United States. He didn't promote people by promoting, by not promoting integration, by being divisive. He didn't promote people to, to, to grow themselves. As we talk about in this group, to, to, to build their, the, the creative consciousness, right? He didn't, he didn't do that, right? And so what he was very good at is in terms of, okay, well, how do you build your life? right? Which is super positive to me. How do you build your life in terms of making money and establishing something firm for your family, right? Good, right? In terms of how we communicate and get along with each other, bad, right? In my opinion. And so he, that, that, and so for that reason, because I didn't feel like he was a uniting force in America, I could not cast a vote for him. Even though I do feel like in terms of economic stability, he was the, the better choice, in my opinion. That's my standpoint okay but i felt like he was too divisive so i could does that make sense hopefully you guys are vibing with me right and so um and i didn't feel safer whereas my friend did feel safer right i felt less safe he felt more safe <laughs> right and so because i feel like disunity is dangerous for me in my family in the united states of america i need us to be all together to really feel and so physical safety trumps economic security in my personal opinion and I understand, but I understand where he was coming from. It's like, I'm economically secure. I feel physically safe, right? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't know, you know, we could argue some of the other things later and whether or not, you know, disunity creates less safety for everybody or blah, 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 blah. But anyway, so I didn't do that, right? And then, so I didn't vote for Trump, right? Even though a lot of my, some of my other values align. Couldn't vote for Joe Biden, right? for a few reasons. One, I didn't feel like he was that much more unifying than Trump. I did feel like he was a little bit more and is careful in his language and promotes unity a little bit better. But two, I don't agree with a lot of the pol political policies that he wants to put in place, right? And so I couldn't bring myself to, to vote that in. And I can vibe with the people who voted to stop the disunity, the noise and create and try to push Americans to be more together. And I feel like that was kind of what the vote was, or they just felt like just Trump was just too abusive, right? Just too, too, too demonstrative in his language and his attitude. And he created, you know, a more a prevalence of that that was higher. Whereas somebody could say to me, you're more likely to get shot with a gun than you are without one, right? And and mean it and 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 imply that that person's probably gonna get away with it and all of that other stuff, right? And so I can, I can dig on that reason for uh, voting for Joe Biden. I can also dig on the reason for financial security and everything else for the reason that people voted for Donald Trump, right? And I can, dig, I can even dig on the people who agree with policies, democratic policies that I disagree with in terms of taxes and things like that. Like, so they, prop, they passed this thing called Prop 208 in Arizona, which is everybody makes over $200,000 a year, I think, has to pay an extra 3.5% in taxes to go to schools. So I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I, I don't agree with it. I don't know how I feel about it, though. 
Like, I'm not a fan of it, but I'm not necessarily like, oh, this is fucking a travesty <laughs> at the same time, right? Uh, three and a half percent is not too, too crazy. Um, you know, ideally, it's going to go to a good place. Um, but I also think that most people making, you know, $200,000 plus, if they feel like their school's not, their kid's school's not good enough, they're going to send them to a private school. So, you know, is 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 they made that money to support their family and everything else. And then you're going to take it away from them and go that way. So I feel some kind of, I do feel some ways about that. So again, probably sound really conservative or whatever, but I have both progressive and conservative views. So that's how I feel about the election. I am, as I've always stated, really fucking in the middle. (laughs) What did I tell you? I got half a dozen on one end. Half a dozen or the other. <laughs> so so uh, my biggest worries are how are people responding? The voter fraud thing scares me in, in terms of not necessarily was there voter fraud because there's always that, but in terms of people's response to it and what lengths they'll go to. I will say this. I will say most of the friends that I know who are Trump supporters, although they voiced questions, concerns, negative feelings, none of them have talked about revolt or war or rioting or anything like that. Um, So that makes me feel good, right? I've heard people say whether Trump wins or loses, right? Even though they were Trump supporters that, you know, that they'll they'll stick with it and they'll stay American, (laughs) right? And support America. So um, I can dig on that. Uh, that gives me hope. Um, I, get, I do get alarmed by people who want to hold on to the animosity. So, um, but I think, you know, that's, that, that'll end it for me. You know, guys, I'm in the middle, obviously. Or maybe you guys tilt me slightly conservative. Maybe some of you guys will call me a coward for not voting for even one. I don't know. But Jesse, your turn. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for that that lead in there. <laughs> you know what I have been wildly fascinated about this entire time is I think that the the current political climate is very much a reflection of how we all relate to ourselves and others. And I think whether we love Trump or we hate Trump, it's in very much a way reflection of again, how we treat one another and how we treat ourselves. I think that, you know, my curiosity, Jared, is, is, is there's numbers talking about how many people voted in the popular vote and the turnout. You know, I'm curious how many people voted for Biden, how many people voted against Trump? You know, how many people voted for Trump? How many people voted against Biden? And my kind of, off the wall assessment here is that I think that what you really have is a dynamic right now where we're not voting on politics and policies, but we're really voting on people. We're voting largely on a good versus evil, right versus wrong, just versus unjust, winner versus loser kind of thing. And unfortunately, with politics, we seem to attribute more emotion to that than just about anything else. And when we attribute more emotion to that than just about anything else, and you have a dynamic like we have here where so much of, I think, political discourse has turned into fear, whether it's fear mongering, whether it's fear abating, whatever it is, it's, fear is very prevalent in the air. And it's one way or another, however you look at it, it's ultimately a pollutant. Because when you use fear as a motivator, you're getting one or two, well, one or three responses, primarily fight or flight, and occasionally there's a freeze. The challenge with a freeze is, is the freeze is, is this contingent on certain bio, biochemical responses that are largely influenced by perception. What I mean by that is we are all outraged in May when we saw what happened with George Floyd. It hit for our emotional tolerance to what we could see as unjust. 
it took all of us from, you know, a seven and eight, because we'd seen some fucked up shit on the news before to an 11. The challenge with that is, is what we're all experiencing right now, where we saw this unrest and upset and, and quest for good and justice. It's faded away because human beings were creatures of comfort. You know, we, we're not as emotionally charged because there's not the emotion out there to charge us anymore. So the freeze response dissipates as we become more acclimated to emotional environmental stimulus, which usually for most of us leaves us with fight or flight. That's a tricky thing when you're making big decisions like this. And I think we've all probably experienced this in spades in our communities and our families and our friendships. We try to engage in any sort of discussion around this and oftentimes it breaks down into either a fight or a flight you know name calling or i just don't want to talk with this i don't want to go there i don't want to deal with this i was telling jared beforehand i think and i might even mention the group last week one of the things that's been really incredible about doing these conversations with jared is jared and i jared allows and holds space for such depth and if I say stuff he doesn't, he, he may not agree with at first. And we, we talk for it. We talk for sometimes two hours before we record. And we'll sometimes talk for afterwards too. So on a typical Friday, when we record these, we're together on the short end of it, two hours, but maybe up to four and a half hours to produce this, this condensed down version that you all get. <laughs> You're really getting 25, 30% of it. <laughs> long as are. And I was telling him, I was like, man, you know, like I've gotten really spoiled having these dialogues with him. Because then I go out thinking that if I engage with others, there's going to be the same space held that Jared holds for me. And one of the, I think, and so what we end up having is a dynamic of regardless of who wins or loses, we have a, a, poopy, a poopy pants versus nana, nana, nana dynamic. What that is, is, is poopy pants. Obviously, we go and call people poopy pants. We call them poopy pants. And then we go nana, nana, nana when they lose. We have ingested... I think we have ingested, not ingested, well, we have ingested, but we've also injected so much harmful and hurtful emotion out into our, our public that, and into our private lives and our personal lives. I think regardless of whoever comes in, I think we are just at the beginning of a deeper work that we're all going to have to do to truly build a bridge and come. Dude, sorry about that. My, my internet just shut off there for a minute. What was the last thing you heard me say? <laughs> Did it freeze for you too? Yeah, I'm but the internet just went down. It was like it said your internet's unstable, and then Zoom went poof, and then it popped right back up. So I don't know what happened. Okay, well, you might have to repeat some of that. <laughs> what, was, what was the last thing you heard? I was monologuing, and I forgot what I was saying. What was the last thing you heard? Uh, shit. Oh God. Okay, so you you said, um, goodness gracious, you said that. Uh, Oh, Jared. Oh, fuck. You were using big language. Go with this. This is really cool. So just notice something. I know Jared listens when I talk. I know yes. he's a super smart guy. And look how quickly it is for us to forget what we are adhering to. And this yes. is a conversation where I feel, I feel probably safer talking to Jared than probably 99% of the conversations I have. I have trust talking with Jared, like maximum level of trust and willing to be vulnerable and talking about stuff with Jared. I know he's a super attentive listener. I know he takes stuff in. I know he, he's a super respectful listener. Well, I take and, notes sometimes. And he does, <laughs> he takes notes sometimes. And notice how easy it is for us to forget because what happens when we're engaging in dialogues is we'll hear certain words, we'll hear certain phrases, it pops an image up into our mind. And then we have a separate inner dialogue with ourself that goes off onto that image. It doesn't mean we're trying to disengage with the conversation. It means that we're mulling that over. We're thinking more at it. Meanwhile, more stuff comes out of the other person. And this is important because when we are making decisions, when we're talking with other people, we're often not even making a decision on the whole picture. We're making a decision on the small little piece of information that sticks out. And so, and, and so I'm going to give you guys a, a direct correlation, right? So, Jay, um, Jesse was talking about um, me holding space for him to have certain conversations, right? And that, you know, when he says certain things, it, there, there's room for us to talk about it. And then he was, he transitioned that into having that expectations 
when he was out talking to other people, right? And he started to touch on, I think, that emotional piece where you would lose people in that conversation or people would go fall into that fight or flight mode and to speak from, from a place of, of fear or alarm or anger or something like that. And so my brain got caught on, on what you said about holding the space and, and then expanding that out into a conversation I had mm. with somebody where they sparked in me, right? Cause it doesn't mean that like, that, that, that doesn't happen to me too, right? Like I have people say things to me and I have my instant response is to get angry. And I thought, I know you do too, right? Oh is yeah, I can be cynical, I can be cynical. <laughs> or say, you know what I mean? And then I have to stop. And that's where you're talking about with the benefits of the freeze factor, right? Is that the freeze, like in, in, in conversation with another human being, right? For the most part, when you're conversing, right? Not, not, not ready to fight or something like that. You should be able to use that freeze factor, which is where I froze at with you. And I ran this whole fucking scenario thing right here, which is why I can't tell you what the last thing you said was. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> because I'm thinking about when somebody triggers that for me and I have to, I have to instantly, like when my friend said, you know, I felt safer with Trump in office. It evoked an emotional response in me. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't fucking feel safer at all. Right. And, but I had to hold space for his statement and understand where he was coming from and that he was being authentic. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, when someone is being authentic with you, that is a level of vulnerability that I think we all, we all must respect and to a certain extent even admire and love you know what i mean yeah because because he when he said that he was talking to me jared you're my friend i felt safer with donald trump i felt the exact opposite emotion so when somebody says something to you and you feel the exact opposite it's almost a visual response to go how the fuck could you feel that way right there's an affront to me i felt scared you felt yes. safe what are you talking about and right that 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 in there is a, i think the 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 piece of it, Jared, is we have created dynamics in our society where we are evoking fight or flight response through dialogue. We yes. have weaponized words, we have weaponized phrases, we have weaponized emotion, and now we've turned into a fight or flight. And so what's happening, what has happened and happening is we are entering into conversations with people who may not agree or believe what we believe. And we feel like we have to fight or flight. So here's the thing, right? And, and, and the Trump on that, like I said, he said that in a vulnerable place. He was, yeah. he was opening his heart to me. Yeah. And I had a fight or flight response. I could have been aggressive back because it did create an, a negative emotion in me because I felt the opposite, right? And because I knew his feeling was honest, made it even more like, yeah. right? <laughs> and so, and so I, like, I could have been like, why the, f like, we've been jumping when someone else is just being vulnerable and honest with us. I don't give a fuck what side of the table you on. We've been jumping to a fight or flight response when they said something we disagreed with. Yep. So yep. they were being vulnerable, honest, and what, and, 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 and caring, right? To a certain extent, like he was, without a doubt. 100% being vulnerable because in his mind, this guy who I supported, who, you know what I mean? And my wife doesn't support it. We have issues over it. Right. And he made, he, we, we, I felt safer. We were doing so good. Right. And I could have responded viscerally. I was, like I said, I was in hundred percent agreement with the doing so good part. But when he said the safe part, it struck a chord, Yeah. but I had to, I was, he was being authentic. Yes. You know what I mean? And if I can't, if I can't hold space for someone else's authenticity and then, and then, and then, and then even on top of that, I attack it. Yes. I attack that. Right. Then I, I am, like you said, I'm immediately weaponizing words. 
I'm creating foes out of potential allies, right? I'm building all kinds of walls. I'm forcing the person standing across to me to build a wall. Yes. They didn't have one. If we, now they have to wreck one. Now they have to protect and guard their words around Yes, them. Yes, exactly. It, 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 we approach these things where we're treating other people as an enemy. We no longer have ifs in our conversations. We have wins. It's when they attack us. It's when they pull the gun on us. It's when they pull. So we immediately go in anticipating that. And sometimes preemptively because we know it's coming. Provoke we'll, it. Yeah, yeah, we'll stab first. And we can step away from it and say it was justified because this person exists and we have labels, boxes we put people into, Trumpster, Snowflake, communist, you know, whatever it is, racist, all those types of things. And this isn't in any way to, there, there's, there's, I, I want to be clear here too. There are a lot of human behaviors that I see people exhibit that I am repulsed by and I think are awful. And where my deeper work is for myself, or I hope this conversational piece with Jared continues to evolve to, is I don't want to sit there and condemn and judge the behavior. I can acknowledge it's horrible and awful. What I seek to, what I desire is to understand what was the why behind the why behind the why that led to the behavior. Because I think that's where we can build bridges and in the future, we can reduce yes. these kinds of behaviors from happening yes. and maybe even eliminate yes. them altogether. But yeah. that is not going to happen. And I, what I was quite surprised by is, is seeing how, you know, with the, the number of voter turnout, how many people voted on both sides. I think that, again, it comes back to this, how many people really voted for the person because they believe in what that person believes or they voted against the other. When we start having these dialogues where we are in a fight or flight, when campaigns are run largely on fear, when we are going on, and, and I think where this becomes even more tragic, Jared, is you and I both have talked about, we hear people, we've talked to friends, we've talked to family members, we've seen people post on social media how they can't talk with certain friends anymore, that they're not, they're not speaking to family members anymore. We hold such an emult, we hold such a deep sense of vulnerability with our friends and family, the people we've already attributed much more emotional meaning and attachment to. They've seen us naked. We've gone to them when we were hurt. We called them when we had a breakup. They were the people who we consoled us when somebody died, we lost our job. And because we've allowed them that trust, we've, we've given our vulnerability to them and we've trusted them with that. We assume that then they are gonna believe what we believe to some degree, which makes it all the more heartbreaking not that they don't believe what we believe, but that they were the enemy. And in some cases, we were sleeping with the enemy. We we're living under the same roof with the enemy. They are something we now have to fear. I will, can I go to the grocery store when this, it turns out this person who I thought I could love and trust fucking could be poisoning my orange juice because they don't believe what I believe they, they believe in. And in that fear dynamic, right, where they believe in this, this, and this, or they don't believe in this, this, and this. <sighs> It's and you can see these these sprinklings of fear all throughout. And one of the things I was I was talking with Jared about beforehand in this whole thing is I think almost from day one when Trump won, it became a very much like a if you voted for Trump, you're a racist. That was some sort of piece in there. And I I, I have friends who voted for him in 2016. I have friends who probably voted this time around. I know they're not racist people. I know they're not. One of them, at least one of them is black. Yeah, I, I know that. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I can imagine. 17% of black males, by the way, voted for Donald Trump. And so I can imagine in their psychology, they have to be sitting there thinking, wait, why is everybody telling me I am this when I'm not this? And so then when you, again, you have other fear narratives, like you can piece this down the fear narratives. If there's a fear narrative that we can't trust the media, we can't trust the establishment. And you have a media or establishment or whoever saying fear, 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 racist, racist, racist. And they're saying, wait, I'm not that. Then we wonder why a behavior happens. On the other side, when we have the same thing, when we have a, you know, communism, socialism, blah, blah, blah. And then they're saying, well, wait, I'm not that at all. That's not at all what I believe in. So, of course, they're going to, you know, and I, this becomes a really dangerous dynamic. And I think that a lot of us. I shouldn't say a lot of, there's probably many people who are believing that when this is over, regardless of who's in office, emotions will calm, it will go back. 
what I think we're seeing right now is we are seeing more and more evidence of deeper wounds that are primarily self self wounds, self inflicted, self perceiving wounds, and in our intimate circles. And these are coming out because again, the great thing about fear is fear often leads to anger and anger gives us an escape from, I think that whoever ends up in office, I think we're going to have more of these wounds come up. And I also believe that, you know, sometimes we have to, we grow through our discomfort, but human beings are such creatures of comfort. We want to flock to comfort as fast as possible. I think that if we're willing to lean into some of the discomfort we have come up, not just go back to try to pretend like things are normal, but continue to have conversations like this, continue to engage, yes. Yes. be willing to be vulnerable. Like Jared, I gotta have a, such an awesome example because I do it too. When somebody comes to me and says something and I fucking teach this stuff and I feel myself getting, and it's often with people who I'm closest to, I won't even give them attempt to explain or anything because I'm ready to be like, you know and so i come back and say that like i realize that for me if i really want to build a bridge my bridge building is not just talking with people who agree and believe what i believe that's just building on one side of town and saying fuck the rest <laughs> of you it's it's really learning to have a dialogue with people who may strongly not believe in what i believe Mm -hmm. and understand the why behind the why behind the why and find mm -hmm. dig deep we all have to be willing deep i think if anything has become evident you all in, in this political season this if we are going to truly build a bridge if we are truly growing to grow together as a community as a country as a nation as a as a symbol we have to be willing to, to dig deeper than we dug before we have to be willing to dig deeper to find the commonalities because they are there and they are abundant but if yes. we stay on surface level judgments and reactions, we are going to stay in fight or flight. And it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a long road for us, in my opinion. That was, that was going to be my um, add to your, to your statement when you were talking about, um, you know, this person is, they're this and they're that and they're that, or they're, they're not this and that, right? And like how we just build these definitions, you know, based off of that small piece of this disagreement that we have with somebody, right? And, you know, um, I could have, I could have jumped to, well, well, he felt safer because he's a racist. Only racists felt safer. <laughs> right? Could have jumped to that. And I know that's not true, right? Like, uh, you know, I like, uh, you just don't care about black people because you felt safe. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you're not racist, but you don't give a fuck. <laughs> I could have like, you know, like, um, like, like trumped all of that stuff onto it, but I know that person well enough to know that none of that's true. Does that make any kind of sense? Yeah. And I would have had to go against every other thing that I know about them to know that, to, 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 to define them in that way. Right. And, and the truth of the matter is not most of us don't think about our feelings enough to understand where they come from. Yep. <laughs> 100%. Most of us, I'm going to repeat that for you guys. Most of us, even if you think you do, right? Most people do not think about their feelings enough to understand where they come from. And I know everybody has gotten mad about something at least once or twice. And it like, or you have a pet peeve, right? And you have, you can't describe why it annoys you so much, right? But it fucking drives you crazy. Like this statement or that thing or this, right? you know our emotions are deep ingrained into us right and 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 it's and those visceral responses that people we have to people saying things that we don't like right sometimes um we get we get become irrational fear anger love even makes us irrational right um and, and, and it's, it's really good. Uh, other than the love part, I actually like that irrationality, right? Hope, I like that irrationality. Yeah. Those, are, those, I think, drive us towards good places for the most part, right? But the, the anger and the fear one, those ones, you know, they drive us further away from our potential in general. Um, and so I think, we, I think the best thing when we're talking about building a bridge or building bridges 
is to have those fear and angry moments and then to be able to take a step back, recognize that we're in a situation where we can take a step back and adjust. You know what I mean? And adjust. And then, and then we can take it all the way back to our first conversation about whether or not a woman, or maybe it was our third conversation, about whether or not a woman should cross the street or not when she's coming up on a group of guys. And then does it matter if that group of guys are black or does it matter what they're wearing? Do they look like, you know, bikers or do they look like thugs or do they look like blah, 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 blah. And we said, well, rationally, it might be just a good idea for her not to put herself in that situation in the first place. Just to, it doesn't even matter. Just, you know, um, why, why do that? Like why walk down a dark alleyway alone? Yeah. You know what I mean? I wouldn't put myself and, <laughs> in that situation. If I don't feel safe, you know, yeah. just like, dude, I, I, this is a site I went hiking the other day and I've been trying to force myself to go hiking in the dark because there's a fear of the dark. Like, you know, there's, there's these animals that could be out there. I could trip and fall, this type of stuff. And so it's only dark for a few more minutes before the sun comes up and I'm having to friggin' wrestle myself to keep going into the woods because my mind starts creating these scenarios of a mountain lion coming out of bear, even though like there's a part of me that really wants to see the mountain lion really wants to see the bear. I don't want to have to, you know, fight it or anything like that but i would love to see it like walk across a path and have an encounter uh but it gets to be more and more rational oh man there could be a rattlesnake on the trail right now even though the rattlesnake's not going to be out in the dark because there's no sun to you know (laughs) there's all these things that start going out there like and i do it though because it forces me to confront that fear it forces me to work through that irrationality yeah, it's a point where now I have the ability to make choice in the sense of yes, is there likely is there a chance this could happen for sure? And or is it likely it's going to happen? No, if it did, here's how I can handle the situation as opposed to don't even go out there because and the payoff of it is, is I got to the top where I wanted to get to. Dude, it was epic. I was the only one there. Most amazing sunrise. Absolutely incredible. Beautiful perspective. It, it made my entire day. It was something I wouldn't have traded anything for anything to have that moment, but I had to go through the fear and the irrationality yes. to get the payoff. Yes. 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 And there, and there are huge payoffs. If when we're talking to one another, we can go through that same fear and irrationality and, 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 and find the, the promised land. But uh, I, again, I am talking about assessing the situation, right? So if a guy has a gun pointed towards your face, right? Then, then no, you're probably not being irrational, acting <laughs> in a fearful way. You know what I mean? And, and, and you need to, to act accordingly. But if you're talking to a person who you've called your friend, your father, your brother, your sister for most of your life, or even for more than a few years, and they said something that you disagree with, if you cancel that relationship you're likely acting out of fear you're likely acting irrationally and if you would just take the leap to go through those emotions and respond as rational as possible you could gain so much understanding of that person their perspective and everybody that agrees with them it puts a whole new genre of people in 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 in, in a new light and because this, and it's based off of this person that you already know and love, this person that you already know so much about, right? And so, and, and then you, and so then you're, you're, you're building bridges beyond them. Now, are you going to run into other people who also, you know, that you run into that, that same disagreement that you have with that loved one, right? <laughs> right? Where you, and then they do follow suit and fall in line with all of your fears? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, you're gonna run into people that fall in love with all those fears, right? And it's like, oh, I, then you're gonna be like, I knew it. But the one person that you cared about, that you love, that built a new perspective into you, right? That growth, you know, you're, you're gonna build bridges with way more people and then really be able to siphon off, you know, offense, you know, who the real extremists are, right? As opposed to throwing this person that you care about and love into that extreme category you'll be able to deal with those extremists in a rational way, right? Uh, and, 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 and be able to understand them. And some of them, as a, 
you know, a Daryl, what's his name? Daryl Davis? Daryl Davis. Some of them, as the Daryl Davis did, you'll be able to bring back to the middle. You'll be able to, to, to convert them, right? Because you'll understand their psychology better and the reasons behind why they've come to the, 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 the conclusions that they've come to, yeah. right? And, and, and then you can, and it's possible. And it's been, you know, people have done it forever, right? And so, um, I, again, I'm not the guy. That's not me. I'm not, I'm not going to ju- jump into an extreme world and try to convert every extreme person there. I'm just not that person. But I can talk to people <laughs> and love on people who have different, like, way different views from me on certain topics. That's uh, why, that's why, like, a Daryl Davis, I would attribute him as being one of my heroes because he demonstrates that what you can do with words and understanding. He's not going in there, like, if he went in there and guns a blazing and said if you don't fucking stop doing this you're gonna this you're gonna that it just it solidifies the belief system because again you're in fight or flight fear if you can go in there from another place and seek to understand i i don't think i'm at a place where i could do what he does i would much rather work with i think i should explain this with you before i would much rather work with people who are he's kind of over here on the end of the domino spectrum i would much rather work with people in here and then help them kind of where they reach out because I just don't have the patience for it yet, you know, to go in there. Okay. I'm going to give you credit though. So, and I'm going to give myself credit because I think we're very similar. Right. So the difference between, and we talked about this too, the difference between a Daryl Davis and like us, right. Is that Daryl Davis goes to the extreme. Right. But to a certain extent, he's wearing armor. Hmm. Does that make any kind of sense? He knows he's going to hear things that he disagrees with. He knows he's going to hear things that, that, that viscerally that harm him, that hurt his feelings, that blah, 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 right? But when we're talking to people that we love and they're being vulnerable and we're being vulnerable, we don't have on our armor, boom, those, those, those statements stab a lot deeper, actually. And, and you have to kind of pull the knife out first, mm. <laughs> right? That's a good point. And yeah. then talk. But he's like, they're stabbing. He's like, well, I knew you were going to say I was a monkey. I knew you were going to say I was, yeah, I was yeah. It's like, ah, 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 I've got, I've got something. But when he talked to the black kids, right, from the city, right, and he was being another black man talking to them, and they said something that stabbed him, he stabbed right back. You know huh. what I mean? He yeah, wasn't that's a really ready. good point. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it's, I, I, think, I think it's, you know, it's, it's harder to, 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 to hold that, to be that way with people you care about. I actually, and so I'm going to give everybody in the group a little bit of a pass because wounds strike deep. Wounds strike deep. You know, it, they do. And, and we take shit the wrong way with people we love all the time because we're so vulnerable. Like, we sometimes magnify, like, shit. I can think about, like, things with my, I had a, I had a, I had a decently tough father. My, my father was decently tough. Like, a, you know, like, uh, you know, dude, I got a, got a 98. He asked me one time on a math test, well, why didn't you get a hundred? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes when he would make statements like that, I would trump that on to, he doesn't love me. Right. Mm-hmm. How could he say that to me? He doesn't love me. That was never the fucking case. You know what I mean? And I think it's, I think with people, that means so much to us, it can be even harder because they can hurt us so badly with things that were never meant to really harm us, right? And, 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 and so, um, so I, I wanted to give, give all of the people in the group who watch this that, that kind of space and that kind of commit commitment because it, it can be difficult. Can be difficult. Yeah. I, I want to give you that too, man. Because I, I know you look up to Daryl Davis and I like Daryl Davis and he's a great example of what can be done. But, um, you know, I, 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 this probably sounds terrible. I wouldn't put him above you and your ability to give space to people and talk to people. Because I, mm-hmm. I think you leave yourself more open when you're talking to the people that you're talking to in terms of, you know, they are friends and loved ones and care and blah, blah, blah. And you... And and they and they surprise you. They kind of left. They they uh sometimes they 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 sucker punch you, so to speak, <laughs> right? And you go, oh, oh, you didn't mean that. <laughs> yeah. You tripped. 
your fist flew and hit me in the face. Uh, <laughs> I gotta, I, well, I'm going to try to say this without crying now, Jared, because that actually, that compliment made me tear up. I, uh, I'm very touched by that kindness from you. And it really means a lot because I definitely do look up to a Daryl Davis as just, as, you know, an example of what can be possible. Like it's, it's just, and so I look at folks like him and I say, gosh, if he's able to do that in these extremes, like what can I do in the space I'm in? And I just, I really, I think that's one of the kindest things somebody said to me. So thank you. It's, it's got Well, you know, it was true though. But dude, that's the only reason why you didn't yeah, emotional. Because you know, you know, he goes into their armored. But yeah, yeah. But, but I never, you know, you're right. And I never thought of it like that. And, and to have that come from somebody who I respect as deeply as I respect you, it means all the more. And I think that there is, you, you said something in there that I think is really worth repeating to make sure we heard it. One of the challenges with the people that we love and care about, you know, our, our circle, our people, our, our tribe, is because we give that trust, oftentimes when we are wounded by them, it is the unexpected. It's the things that they say in those moments of upset and it's the things that we never thought they'd say because we trusted them so deeply to never say that, right? We, we, you know, if we're feeling overweight and our body doesn't look good, we would trust that our person would never call us fat. And so when they say, hey, you can put it on a few pounds or your, your abs don't look as good as they used to, it means a lot more because they know how deep <laughs> that wound is. And while it seems superficial and silly, it hurts. It hurts deeper coming from that person because we trust them with our vulnerability we trust them with our own fear and if fear is not so much of the the judgment of others it's the fear of our judgment of ourselves. oh yes right it's a fear of our judgment of ourself and ultimately that self-judgment is i'm not measuring up to the version of myself i know i can be right it always comes down to that and so for so many of us we run into these dynamics because and this is where you've all heard me touch on this before about a reflection of dysfunction of self I think quite a few folks feel, and I, and I wrestle with this too, so I shouldn't say I, I, I put myself in this category. I wrestle with self-judgment often because I wrestle with I'm not living up to the version of myself I think I'm capable of. And I know in some areas of my life I'm not. I'm continuing to do my work on that and to do it. I, that was part of the reason I think Jared and I shared this with you when we first started this back in June. I, I was fully aware that like I kept, I, I had read bunch of Dr. King's work. I'd read his biography. I had, you know, just thought he was such an extraordinary leader. And I couldn't get that quote of his out of my head about him being the most disappointed in the white moderate who could do something but doesn't. You know, I had paraphrased that there was something else. And I, it became so clear to me in that moment how many times I will sit there and go off on tangents in the safety of my own four walls and the safety of a few, few select people about what should be done, how this should be changed, what could happen, how this is this, how this is that, the psychology, all these types of things behind it. But I would never, ever dare risk anything because I was absolutely terrified of judgment of others, of, of being exposed in whatever way that might be, you know, somebody calling me some name or, or you know, whatever it was. Like, and, uh, and, I, and so I, I think that there is, and so that was something with myself. I realized that like, there is this piece of myself. I sit in judgment of myself because I'm not willing to risk being a better version of myself. I'm just not. And mm. without fail, 2020, I think my top three favorite things about this year has been this conversation series with you because of the growth that I've been able to go through because of the friendship and the bond I've been able to form with you because of the incredible community that has come out of this to, I think what's so in, incredible, and I want to follow up on Jared's acknowledgement of folks in the group, giving ourselves grace about, you know, the emotional through this. And so many of us have been riding the emotional wave that everyone else is, and we show up and engage in the difficult conversations. We ask questions instead of putting judgments. We we recognize it. We're, we continue to push in and do deeper and harder work when deeper and harder work continues to be harder, especially when the, the carrot of temptation for immediate, immediate community and acceptance and safety 
is right there because all you have to do is not ask questions, but just assign this label. And then you can go and be accepted back in the group. All of us have probably experienced that, that when we have, we have begun to ask questions within our own micro communities outside of this group in ways that we wouldn't have asked questions before, we probably met resistance or met with resistance. You know, much of group dynamics are often formed not on Q&A, but on statement and agreement, yeah. right? And that's a slippery slope when we start to violate that unspoken agreement because we don't just make the statement and agree, we ask why. We, we ask why. I, I, was, I was sharing with somebody the other day, I would bet like 99% of my friends have zero idea and family have zero idea where I fall politically because I'm so, I'm so in the middle with so much, but I don't ever just make a statement. I always ask questions and then they'll walk away with it. And they either, they get frustrated with the questions, both sides, or they hear me say something and they think, Oh, he must be that. And they've made that decision, which is okay. I understand that with them. So I think, I just want to acknowledge all of you because this has been a challenging friggin' year for so many of us. And it has been one of the most emotionally charged years. And because now we're all, we've all been at home for so long and had our, our routines going, the emotion has been rashed up more and it has been magnified in ways it never would have before. And you all continue to show up. You all continue to ask questions. You all continue to honor a commitment to building a bridge. And I just, I, I'm just so grateful for you, Jared, and I'm so grateful for all of you in the group because it's just, it gives me, it's the hope that I hold every week for what kind of world we can all build together. Uh, uh, man, uh, I appreciate you. And, I, 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 and uh, everything you just said, like if you guys don't know, there have been moments, like I look for, okay, I look forward to these conversations because I like talking to you, but there have been moments where doing this process where we've been like running, coming into a Friday or, and you guys know this because you, you've been in on the page and you've noticed like sometimes I'll wean and I'll come back in or I'll like, I'll, I'll just comment for a while and I won't make a post, right? There have been moments where I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say. Like, I have no clue what I'm going to say to you guys, to, to you, Jesse, right? And I'm like, and I'll tell my wife, like, I have no idea what the fuck we're going to go in there and get up. Because, like, right now, like, I'm just, like, not in a good place, <laughs> right? And so, and, and I've gotten on here, and, I've, and, and it's given me an opportunity to get on here and say to you guys, like, I'm not in a good place, like, right now. Like, I'm in a, I, I've been in at least twice during this time. I've been in, like, a, a feeling completely misunderstood place right and you know and that's and that's and I, I I think it's courageous and I think it's bold for you to be able to say that like you know you know that your friends don't know where you stand politically right and you seem like you're okay you can say it with a smile right and I have some trepidation <laughs> right because i because because I, I do stand so in the middle right and i do ask a lot of questions and i do hold space for all these opinions and then i feel like sometimes like people are thinking i'm being inauthentic right or judging me poorly for not holding opinion does that make any kind of sense so those, those, i have i have negative thoughts coming into me sometimes with that like i'll just i'll be upset like no i said that and i meant that like this is what i mean right and I, and I know these two things contradict, but hell, I'm, I'm fucking human. So sometimes yeah. I fucking contradict, yeah. right? <laughs> and it's like, but people, like, I feel like this pressure from the world to be one way or the other. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I just want to be me. Yeah. And, it's, and, and so when I get on here and I'm trying to, and, and, and I'm having trouble in my, in my personal life, or I mean, it's part of my personal life now guys i just want you guys to know that i don't know how we're gonna stop i, I, I imagine we'll stop at some point jesse but it's gonna hurt me okay <laughs> but this is part of my personal life now and um when i feel like that pressure to be one way or the other and i feel you know misunderstood or misrepresented and then i and then sometimes because i am in the middle right i know people make prodding statements. Does that make any, I don't know if that happens to you, 
where like I'll be talking to somebody and they'll make a statement that they don't believe to provoke a response to see if I truly believe what I say I believe. If that makes any kind of sense. Yeah. Right. And so and that and I'm I'm a sensitive guy, as one of my friends always tells me. You're a sensitive guy, Jared. <laughs> and, and I used to get like every time he's like, well, fucking Marie, I'm not fucking sensitive. Fuck, let's go. Fucking we'll duel it out. <laughs> Show you how fucking sensitive I am. <laughs> but I am. I can admit it now. I'm a sensitive guy. And so um, it injures me, right? When people, you know, purposely poke to try to see if they can create a response to see if, if, if I, am, I am as middle as I say I am. You know what I mean? And, 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 um, and so that's, that's been my most recent, like there've been other times where like, I told you, like I've been, I've, I've, I've gone to that talk to somebody who was a friend and was middle and came with the assumption. We all know these conversations. Like, cause I came on here and I talked about it. Right. And then they did prove to me that they were actually on that extreme side. And I was like, did you say that? <laughs> <laughs> and, I was, and I was horrified <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and, and honestly like I said I think I said this too like I don't I don't think that they really are super extreme but by the end of the conversation they were calling me all kinds of things that I wasn't like communist and Marxist and you know blah 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 and I'm like like, like what <laughs> And so, uh, so yeah, so those were the other, other moments of, of, of uh, trepidation, for lack of a better word. So I, I admire you be able to say with a smile on your face, my friends don't know where I stand politically, because I imagine that you also get some heat, because people want to know, they really want to know. And if you tell them, and sometimes if you tell them the truth when you're in the middle of something, right, they, they don't want to believe that. <laughs> they want to believe that you're you know they want to force you to their side in some way or force you to the other side and uh when you say i can see the validity of both sides they go what do you mean yeah. <laughs> i just say i get that really I, 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 I know that. you do i know you do because <laughs> it's human nature because if we do <laughs> yeah, but, you know and i think jared you said something and, and we should wrap it up here because i have to jump off on our call but you said the contradictions and you, the contradictions. I just want to be me. And I think that's such an important point to acknowledge. I think most of us are made up of contradictions. I'll say, you know, I want my abs to come in and look better. And then I go and eat a bag of kettle chips over the weekend because they're so delicious. You know, we say we want to, we want to do this, but then we do that instead. And we say we want to be rich, but then we buy some bullshit we don't need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I should, I should be saving money. Oh, wait, I just bought that thing that's still sitting there in the box having used it once. I, I got a, I'm actually looking over a whole box of crap that, <laughs> that I did that earlier this year on. And, and which literally was that exact statement. <laughs> so, you know, it's something that we can either, we can either embrace ourselves for our contradictions, decide if they're worth working on or just love ourselves for it. You know, I, I really love my kettle chips every now and then. And I do. They just bring me a lot of joy. Sometimes, you know, I know I can cut them out. I could probably reduce them out a little bit, which I'm going to do this weekend. But I also really enjoy doing it. You know, and there's, there's, there's just certain things that we have to acknowledge. And I think that if we constantly are expecting perfection from others, when we're not demanding that of ourselves we're going to have, again, we're going to struggle with relating to one another. It's, it's okay to have a contradiction. It's okay to, God knows I have changed my belief systems and my opinions so many times. And I've been recording videos for however many years. So if somebody were to go back and look at videos I made in early 2011, 10, whatever it was, I probably have some opinions and thoughts in there that I said that I think much differently now. We said at time, the life experience, and, you know, if we hold people hostage for what we once did, we don't give them space to grow into who they can become. 
Yes. And I think that's where we maybe have a really incredible opportunity for us now going forward as we build a bridge, whoever wins this election, whoever is the president for the next four years, whatever the outcome is, let's not take hostages. You know, let's, let's invite people and see them for the, who they can become. And that, I think, really can begin with the dialogue. So, and I just appreciate you, Jared, and I'm, I'm excited to continue the conversations. Always, man. I appreciate you, too. Really do. Yeah. <laughs> right, everybody. Hard for me to say. No, dude. <laughs> we'll see you all next time. Next time, guys. <laughs> Oops. No.